I'm Lake Miller. And I'm Hannah Brown. Welcome to Gem City Diversity, a podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Dayton area. We're from the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, or NCCJ. NCCJ works in the Miami Valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity, equity, and inclusion. In this episode, Lake talked with Chaz Amos. They discussed how Chaz got started in community organizing, the organization he started, I Love West Dayton, being a change agent, and what it means to be a humanitarian. Enjoy! Um, all right. Well, Chaz, I appreciate you being here today and taking some time to, to have a podcast interview with us to get to know you a little bit more. And let me just say, first of all, congratulations on receiving the Youth Leadership Award um, this year through our Humanitarian Award recipients. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely an honor. This is my first award. So uh, I'm just looking to you know, not just win awards, but actually make impact out in the community. But it is an honor to receive this award. Well, yeah, so let's let's take an opportunity. I'd like to get to know you a little bit more and, and learn about what sounds like some really terrific work that you are doing in the community. And I can see even your shirt shows that you're, you're doing work in the community. So <laughs> um, excited to get to know you. I'm going to ask, um, I keep saying what seems like a loaded question right off the bat, um, which is... Uh, Tell me about yourself. <laughs> well, okay. Well, my name is Chaz Amos, and I am the founder and director of an organization called I Love West Dayton. Uh, I Love West Dayton's main mission is to bring innovation and restoration to West Dayton residents through um, weekend cleanups, or urban development projects, garden bed projects that all push towards building morale and pride in the West Dayton community. Uh, that's what I've been doing for about two years. Outside of that, I love music. Um, I love to organize events, whether that's for family uh, or friends. And I just, yeah, I, I enjoy just being out in the community and even outside of that, just helping others who may need um, help, whether that's with resources, advice, or anything that I have the capability of offering. So you are, um... Have you graduated high school? Yes, yes. Thurgood Marshall, class of 2020. Awesome. So a recent grad from Thurgood Marshall. Um, and so you started doing this work while in high school, right? Yeah, so I started in high school more of, uh, on the organizing side. Um, I actually began, um, I organized a town hall called Be Bold, Be Heard. Uh, I overheard a group of students saying, you know, hey, we always, you know, there are decisions that are always made for us, but we never truly have a say in them, but they directly affect us. So with that, I brought together principals, elected officials, and different school board members. Uh, one evening, I believe it was November 14th of 2019, and uh, we held a panel discussion, and the topics ranged from access to mental health all the way to uh, lack of proper teachers in core classes. So ever since that event, that was kind of my first time organizing. And from there, I just always tried to move solution driven, you know, so just proactively looking for things that I'm capable of, you know, having an input in. And then that's how I Love West Dayton actually came about, because I had realized, you know, growing up, 
some of the same vacant homes, the same trash, the same properties are still in the community. And, you know, eight or nine years down the road is still here. So uh, my mentor, Deja Demings, the director of Dayton Young Black Professionals, she's always telling me that, you know, if not now, then when, if not who, if not us, then who? Uh, so that's kind of the approach that led to I Love West Dayton started. So I want to talk about I Love West Dayton in, in, in a moment here, um, but something that you, you were talking about really resonated with me. And this is something that I hear from a lot of young people is they feel as though their voices will not be heard. Sometimes they say that their voices, maybe they're, they're young, it doesn't have a lot of power yet. Um, but what I think is really impactful is that as a high school student, you are able to use your voice to, to create very meaningful organization. Um, so from your perspective, as someone who's been very successful at using your voice, what's your advice or what would you say to those young people who maybe feel as though their voice doesn't have power yet or maybe feel that their voice isn't going to be heard? I would tell them the only way that your voice will be heard is if you make it heard. And what I mean by that is you do not have to ask for permission, right? If you want to go out and start a project, if you want to start a business, if you want to go and help someone in your community, if you want to set a personal goal for yourself, that all starts with not asking for permission. I didn't go and ask anyone, would it be okay for me to go organize an event for other students? You know, I didn't ask anyone like, hey, do you think that this would be, you know, something that you'd like? You know, you can't go in doing that every time because a lot of times you'll find yourself uh, discouraged because a lot of what people can say when you confide in them with these great, brilliant ideas, and then they respond with, you know, uh, the exact opposite energy in a sense, that'll discourage you. So uh, the main piece of advice I would give is, you know, be the change agent. And a change agent does not need permission, not in a rebellious or disrespectful or, uh, you know, naive way, but in the sense that, you uh, you can instill the confidence in yourself without even having that confidence, just knowing that, hey, I can do this. So that would be my advice. So let's talk about I Love West Dayton. Um, where did the idea to create I Love West Dayton come from? So it stemmed from uh, a conversation that was uh, entitled uh, A Way Forward. It was about a month after the George Floyd murder. And uh, I was in a community conversation with uh, uh, Pastor Joshua Ward from Omega, Deja Demi, Dayton Black Professionals, and a, a variety of different community leaders. And our question was, what is a way forward? So one of the things that I really thought about was, um, if we are in a fight now for African-American lives or minority lives in general to be valued, Part of that comes with us having to value where we live, right? So I always took a stance that if we don't value where we live and where we lay our heads at night, we cannot expect another group or another population to assist us or even value our, you know, as, as harsh as it sounds, or value the, you know, what we're fighting for in a sense. So uh, to my opinion, I Love West Dayton was that way forward from that conversation. Uh, I put together a board and a, a strategy. And we went across five different neighborhoods. And our first year, we ended up collecting, um, we ended up collecting over 250,000 pounds of bulk and garbage from July to October of 2020. 
So that's amazing. Um, and the impact of that is, is enormous. So, you know, this is, you said you've been doing this now about two years. So today, what does an average month look like for I Love West Eight? And what kind of work could someone expect to see you doing? So someone can expect us to um, really a lot of bit of everything. You could expect to see us painting. You could expect to see us putting up fences, um, implementing garden beds, or just plainly cleaning up trash on the weekend. So we kind of offer that different um, uh, aspect to community cleanup. And even next year, you know, we're thinking about doing some painting projects and some different uh, tree growing projects, as well as reach back initiatives to give back to uh, you know, the younger generation that is still in school to instill some of these habits and information on them. So I think the question that that a lot of people are going to wonder is, who's paying for this? Where does the, the funds or resources come to make that work happen? Yeah, so the majority of that is so funny because a lot of people wonder, you know, where's their money in cleaning up trash? Um, Mainly, a lot of our funding has come from community donations, as well as grants. Uh, you know, so while we are, I'm actually working on developing a team now that can specifically gear their focus towards writing grants for I Love West Dayton. Uh, so a lot of that funding is uh, going to be coming from grants, as well as, um, for instance, next year, we are launching our first capital campaign. Uh, so a lot of that funding will come directly from the community, as well as uh, corporate organization and businesses that are within uh, not just the Dayton community, but the West Dayton community uh, majority, majorly. Yeah. So an organization like I Love West Dayton, I imagine requires a large amount of community buy-in, right? I imagine that you operate with a lot of volunteer support. Um, so how are you able to engage the community, um, in this project? So a lot of it has really stemmed from social media. Um, I started a Facebook page last September and even from September to now, we've been able to get close to 12 or 1300 likes. Um, and really just, I started making events so people can mark their self going. So it kind of, you know, gives people something to look forward to. And then every event, I always try to, at the end, turn it into kind of a, a, a lecture, you know, a, a mini lecture in the sense of why we're out here doing. I always give people the results of, you know, what we did the last weekend and just really give that that communal vibe to, you know, picking up trash and, and, and beautifying. You know, so I think a lot of the buy in truly come came from people coming out and just talking to people who they've never met before. And then those two people go out and talk to some more people about the conversations that they had at this cleanup. And then it just continues to grow by word of mouth. That's great. So if someone in the community is interested in joining one of these cleanup days or participating, um, how would they learn about this? Yeah, so they can go to ilovewestdayton.com, uh, all of our project information, our mission, our vision, uh, you can look at some photos. You can even donate uh, from our website. Uh, www.ilovewestdayton.com as well as Facebook and Instagram under those same names, I Love West Dayton. That's great. 
um, definitely worthwhile to check out. And we may be hitting you up as well about some potential volunteer opportunities for some of our youth, because I yes. think giving back and cleaning up the communities is, is so vital. Um, so Chaz, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and move towards you as an individual for a moment. So what does it mean to you to be a humanitarian? To me, being a humanitarian is someone who selflessly gives back in a sense and not in a way to where they're overly giving or, uh, you know, acquire a savior complex. But to me, that looks like wanting to have the energy to give with almost little to nothing in return. So I think, you know, I, that's what a humanitarian is to me. Great. And why do you do the work that you do? You're a young, intelligent man. What keeps you going with this work? Well, the major thing that pushes me, uh, I grew up with about six or seven friends. Uh, and after a while, they became, they began to make socially destructive uh, decisions, whether that was stealing cars or breaking into homes. And something just always kept me away uh, from them. And they're unfortunately now they're all incarcerated or deceased, you know, from those decisions. So there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about that and how close I was to that. So I use that to, to try and push me to give back to someone who may be in those shoes right now, or maybe my age is still in the same shoes to show them that, Hey, there is another way to do it. And you never know. I never would have saw myself going from just a, a lost young, young boy to developing a niche of taking care of my community. So although you can't see what, exactly your success or what your niche looks like at that moment best believe it will come but it just it took for me to see those those instances up close and and personal uh, so that's what pushes me and motivates me to do what i do so as you're cleaning up these neighborhoods i imagine you have a lot of conversations and, and i imagine a lot of people come up to you um, what type of reactions have you gotten from the community as you're doing these service days? So I've gotten, I would say maybe a 50-50 or maybe, I don't know, I'll say 75-25 really. Um, in a sense of the 75, they support, they gear. And then there's that 25 that uh, is a mixture of the internally oppressed, uh, you know, and just, you know, some people who, you really don't know how to do any other thing, but be negative. You know, I've had people come up to me or send me messages through the Facebook page and say, Hey, why are you cleaning up trash? It's just going to get dirty again. Or, you know, why are you doing this? It's, it's not going to matter. Or, you know, the city doesn't even take care of it. So why should we go out? And that's been the biggest thing that a lot of people have told me, you know, I've had people tell me that this is not my responsibility. Uh, this is not my job. I'll share a little fun fact with you. Um, I was about to tackle at least a 20 to 25 ton dump site. It's located on Kings Highway. Uh, we were in the process of fundraising funds to rent uh, heavy machinery because the city um, has a policy that they do not touch private property. 
but this property was across the street from the school. So after about four or five months of back and forth with the city, we were able to come to a agreement that the city would clean up the property over phases. So what the city did is they cleaned the entire property. Uh, it's about, it was about 31,000 square feet. Uh, they cleaned the property and they also barricaded the property so no one could get back there again. So a lot of people have come to me with negative. A lot of people have come to me saying, you know, that, you know, they told me the first year, how are you going to get people to come out for 15 Saturdays? There's no way. And then a year later, here we are, probably about, I'll say well over 350,000 pounds in the game now. So what do you say back to those folks when they, when they come to you and say, Hey, you know, like it's been dirty already. It's going to become dirty again. Like what's your response to those individuals? I just tell them I'm the change that I want to see. Literally. Uh, I don't let it get to me. Uh, Cause there, there really is no way, you know, that's just like saying, Hey, why are you taking the trash out in your kitchen? You know, it's, it's going to get full again. You know, we should be able to come to a point where we're proactively picking up trash. So it, there is no point for neighborhood cleanups, you know, and then I love West Dayton. We can shift our focus towards, you know, strictly redevelopment. I've heard a lot of conversations and, and certainly right now, you know, we have the undesigned the red line exhibit at the, at the library. Um, and I've heard a lot of conversations about the inequities of how cleanup resources are allocated, how, you know, where flower beds are being planted, where parks are being put. And I've certainly heard a lot of conversations um, about why West Dayton does not have people coming through cleaning the streets, does not have those flower beds being planted by whomever those powers that be might be. And I'm curious, are, are you getting into the conversations of what are the systematic issues at hand here that are creating these inequities to begin with? Yes. Yes, we, um, I'm, I have direct contact with um, division managers for all of the divisions within the city, public works, um, water, housing, zoning and inspection, and some of the conversations that we've had. And just on the research I've done is that, well, one, we know that African-American communities have always been dis disproportionately affected in almost every way that you can think of. Uh, so I believe, honestly, it's crazy you asked me that because I believe that I Love West Dayton may just be the starting stone or at least the first piece of help to uh, undesigning that, that, red, that red line in, in a sense because no one has truly ever advocated on behalf of specifically beautification in the West Side. You know, we see that a lot of the focus now is geared towards downtown and really East Dayton. You know, but the thing that I like to encourage people with is it's coming back slowly. If you look at the, the Five Rivers uh, development, that's about a $33 million development over on uh, over in the Edgemont neighborhood. You have the new West Library coming to Third and Abbey. That's a $7 million project. You have issue nine that's coming into effect, which is which was voted on back in 2016, where they are currently repaving side streets and main streets all over the city, all, all over the city. So while, you know, the west side of Dayton has been disproportionately affected, 
there are some things that are coming back that are uh, becoming very substantial to the contribution of, you know, a better West side. And that's what I plan to do with volunteers and my team is contribute to that beautification and all of those efforts. So kind of the last question that I, um, that I have for you, and I think we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but is for those people who are just starting their journey of social action of advocacy um, who are just starting this journey, what advice do you have for them as they're getting off the ground? I would say write down everything that you think about because a visionary is nothing without a pen and a paper. You know, I've come up with many ideas, but I've forgotten some because I simply just didn't write them down. Once you open that notebook and write something down, there's no going back. That's the, that's the beginning of your plan. So as long as you have a notebook, and a team of people who you trust, who have that same interest, who have that same energy as you, because that's what it's going to take. You know, you can start off by yourself because that's what it's going to take. But it's just like me. I started off on my own, but people began to see the vision that I had. And once I cultivated that vision by writing down in my notebook what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, when I wanted to do it, I, you know, people began to say like, hey, this is an order and this is something that I see potential in and I want to be a part of. And they'll do the same for you. So anybody who is starting uh, a business or starting a, a, any kind of venture, you know, it starts with opening that notebook. That's great. Well, Chaz, uh, I have really appreciated this. I am so excited hearing the work that you're doing. It's amazing. Um, what you've been able to accomplish and what you're still, you know, accomplishing week after week, um, making this really meaningful work happen. So I appreciate you finding time to sit down with us today. And thank you. Thank you for all that you do for our community. I appreciate appreciate the opportunity to share my message. Great. Well, Chaz, is there anything else that you want to share today? Uh, I always end everything with, I love West Dayton. So that's it. I love West Dayton. Well, great. Well, thank you, Chaz. 